Thank you for joining the Leadership Podcast with Sim Dendy. It's great to have you with us in this season of the Leadership Podcast. We are partnering up with Spring Harvest, a well-known national Christian event that takes place in the UK every Easter. I personally have got some of my first ever leadership opportunities at this event, which I will be eternally grateful for. In recent years, I've had the privilege to serve on the leadership team of Spring Harvest, had the opportunity to work with some amazing people. And one of those incredible people, one of the creatives of Spring Harvest is going to be with us today. Lucy Grimble is a songwriter and a worship leader. Her heart is simply to create a space for people to encounter the love of God. She writes songs that carry a message of freedom, hope and identity. Based in London, Lucy has released a number of albums. The latest one was released in 2020 and entitled God's Heart Explodes. As one of the worship leaders at this year's Spring Harvest event, she's agreed to come on to the Leadership Podcast today to tell us some of her journey into songwriting, leading others into worship, and how she keeps her creativity fresh. But before we hear from Lucy, let's listen to the following message from the team at Spring Harvest. Spring Harvest is back. It's been a challenging few years, but this April, Spring Harvest will be back in Skegness and Minehead, together again as one big family to worship, learn and laugh. Do you need to relax and recharge? We've got some great speakers and worship leaders, a powerful theme to explore, an amazing youth and kids programme, swimming pools, fairgrounds, the beach and so much more. With our winter offers, it's never been more affordable to come, with prices starting at just £119. It's time to restore, renew and rebuild in a safe space. Let's do this. Well, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us today. It's a pleasure. So nice to be on your podcast, Sim. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy. You've got plans to get into the studio today, do some recording. Um, Tell us a bit about what's the the day job look like i know you're employed as a worship pastor at st peter's broccoli in london yeah. tell us about that how does your day-to-day work well to be honest my day-to-day is very variable um i would say it's more like a week to week so um an average week looks like splitting my time between half the week um being the worship pastor at st peter's broccoli um it's a sort of vibrant church down in southeast london um and we've got an amazing worship team there um so my job is sort of to look after the health of the team and and try and build a, a real culture of worship and make sure that people feel confident as leaders and um that we're really serving i guess the vision um, and purpose of the church so that is half the week and then the other half of the week is the bit that's very fluid because um, I spend my time basically doing um, songwriting. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an artist as well. I have music out there in the world. So I'm always writing songs. I'm always dreaming up the next project. Um, so that might look like traveling to go and record or traveling to go and um, minister at a different event or traveling to go and, um, you know, make a music video. So it's, it's, very, um, it's very variable the rest of the week. But on average, it's sort of half half the week at church, half the week out and about doing various musical things. 
this is this is brilliant because on this podcast often we're talking to people who are leading organizations and leading and taking responsibility we don't have many creatives so i'm intrigued right. to kind of discover the kind of the working habits and how you and I, I love the fact that for musicians how do you keep on writing fresh songs how do you kind of when you finish one album go right now i'm gonna get my creative juices going again yeah. and find a new you know story to tell uh, a, new, a new melody how do you get yourself fresh and keeping new ideas yeah it's a really good question i mean i think for me i'm i'm always kind of writing as i go and i think i find it easier to sort of um like every few months just take stock of the kind of songs I've been writing and I'll often find that there's a bit of a theme that's emerging which is often influenced by you know what's going on in the world or maybe um a new revelation that I've had about the Lord or um you know particular conversations that I've been having with friends or with um with other writers with other creatives so it's it's kind of interesting I find it kind of helpful to look at what is the through line that seems to be coming through these songs and then that's often starts to set my mind off on okay well that maybe that's something that other people are going to find helpful or other people are also going to connect with um and then I'll start to kind of maybe write more intentionally into that theme um but I think I find the key for me is just to try and keep writing um because it's almost just exercising that muscle and getting what is in the subconscious out, you know, into the yeah. world. So I try not to like overthink it too much on the front end. I try and just let the songs come and then almost sort of on reflection think, okay, what, what seems to be emerging here as, as themes? Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my process. That, and, and do you encourage others creatives you meet, you say, just keep on, just keep on trying new things, keep writing stuff down, keep designing, drawing, whatever the creative media might yeah, be, just absolutely. to keep on keeping on. Yeah, absolutely. I think in general, it's it's kind of a numbers game, which probably makes it sound, um, you know, a lot less sort of special. <laughs> but it, it's kind of true, like you've got to just keep um, exercising that muscle and just putting stuff out there. And and then you will just stumble upon a song where you're like, oh, there's there's something on that or, you know, a painting or a, a poem, or whatever that creative output is. But then you'll you'll find something that you're like, I really connect with that. And even a week later, you're like, I still really feel there's something on that piece of, you know, piece of art. So yeah, you've just got to keep, keep doing it. Yeah. Now, now Lucy, we've only met once before in person and, and I've I heard you and play and I've seen you be part of events where you've been involved, but I, yeah. I read some of you were, you were brought up in a family where classical music was part of your upbringing. You learned numerous instruments. Is this true? Is this part yes. of your upbringing? yeah it is and how many instruments can you play <laughs> um how many instruments I can play I mean I was classically trained from the age of four so my first instruments were piano and recorder which I know everyone says they play the recorder but I actually played it to grade eight and was like a soloist on a European tour um so, so you went beyond the London's burning yeah stage. I went I went wow. beyond the happy farmer. <laughs> yeah. Beyond me already. Grade eight, and you went and did a tour playing the recorder. That's got to be somewhere as a. a I know. I know. Yeah. I'm still still not kind of confident enough to get the recorder out and worship, much to my mother's sort of, you know, sadness, because she's always like, the recorder is so beautiful. It makes me cry. But I'm like, yeah, but I have to maintain some street cred, mum. But yeah, the recorder so... doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It doesn't quite have that. Yeah. Um, so are you all your family musical? Is it like a family trait that you all kind of got involved with music? No, we're actually not. So my my parents aren't 
I mean, they love music. They, you know, they're avid sort of music consumers, especially sort of classical music. Um, so I think we grew up listening to a lot of music, but neither of them play an instrument. Um, neither of them, yeah, neither of them are musicians at all. They're both scientists. So um, I think they just encouraged me and my sister from a very young age to um, to play and and then kind of discovered that we both had quite a natural um a natural instinct towards music and so yeah we just carried on through our whole childhood so how did you go from playing the recorder on a european tour to <laughs> leading worship uh you know and i know you often lead with piano and and with a band i mean how, that's yeah. a big that's a big shift that's not doesn't look like the same trajectory yeah. as recorder playing no, uh, what happened for you <laughs> well um yeah i mean the the link in between is that I started to write songs when I was about 16 um you know playing the guitar very poorly but you know well enough to kind of cobble together um some verses and choruses um so yeah that that was kind of where the journey into worship started because as a 16 year old I think I found I found it quite hard to express my emotions in other places and I found that in writing songs it was such a place of like you know, being able to pour my heart out and really say what was on my mind and on my heart mm. and, and know that no one else was listening. So this was really just like private, you know, conversations with God almost. And there was like an honesty and a sort of, um, yeah, just a freedom that I found in that writing space that just really connected me to God. And, you know, at the same time, I absolutely loved worship. I loved kind of musical song worship. I really found that that was such a place that I connected with God. So um, that sort of went on for a few years. And then um, when I was in my early 20s, I started to lead worship at the church I was at um, at the time. And really, that's where it that's where it all kind of started for me. They loved some of my songs. They were like, will you sing, sing some of those songs at church? And then people started to ask for me to record those songs so they could listen to it, them at home. So um, yeah, then in 2014, I made my first EP and it's sort of, that's where the kind of, you know, I guess outward sharing of songs has has started for me. Um, so yeah. That's oh, I love I love that image of, of, you know, your community just asking more from you rather than, I think sometimes we think musicians kind of appear one day and declare to the world that they've arrived and here's my social media account actually yeah. being pulled out of you and saying yeah. could we hear more could you record that and and yeah. believing in you taking a risk on you at a young age oh, is yeah. I mean I guess that's where the church works well uh, when it yeah. brings the best out of each other oh yeah absolutely and I think that's my joy now as a worship pastor to kind of get to do that for other people and you know because often like it's it's a lack of confidence or you know, a lack of self-belief that holds us back from, you know, really sharing what is what is inside of us, which is actually going to go on to bless so many people. So actually having, a you know, a group of people around you who are like, you have got to, you've got to share that, like, this is, this is so important. And um, just, I guess, building up your confidence is so, so key. Mm. Um, and I think the other thing is I always think of music or, or creativity or worship as an act of generosity. So it's not, it's absolutely not a kind of, hey, look at me kind of activity. It's absolutely a kind of, um, I'm here to give away and I'm here to serve and I'm here to be generous with the gift that God has given me 
so that others are blessed and i think that's been the mentality yeah. that you know is, i've really had to just like um try and internalize as i've gone through this musical journey because you know it's modeled so differently in the world you know for, yeah. for artists in the world it's it seems to be so much more kind of um yeah i guess about you know showing off or you know i'm i'm yeah blah 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 maybe <laughs> no no it's all good <laughs> I, I guess I, i'm intrigued from a from a leadership point of view and from i mean i know we'll have people listening who are musicians who are worshipers who are uh, involved in churches and, and and but maybe involved in the business world are going how do you lead creatives so you've got mm. a team of people and you've got a you've got a program you've got sundays coming up you've got events coming up you need to prepare for yeah. but you've got people who are by very nature wanting to think outside of boxes and and yeah. think differently and how do you get that tension right between creativity and d delivering a program gosh it's such a it's such an important question because i think i've seen you, you see both sides where you know the creatives are almost given too much free reign and it just ends up being unhelpful to the room or to the to the congregation because it's so niche or it's so individualistic that people can't really connect with it but then i've seen the flip side where creatives are so kind of told what to do and told you have to do it this way that actually it sort of kills the creative soul and it kills mm. that spark of genius that actually might bring something really fresh into the room and something that will help people to connect so i think everything has to be done through relationship and you know i think that's what i'm finding even with um like my small corner of the world like worship pastoring i've got a team of people who are all so different and i really want their individual voice to come out but also, you know, the the um, ultimate aim of what we're trying to do is to serve the congregation. So I think it's just constantly reminding people that there is an ultimate aim um, and it is this and that is a non-negotiable. Um, but how do we find a way that in within that sort of objective, you can release what is inside of you and, and do it in a way that feels honest and full of integrity? So I think I think a lot of it comes down to relationship with your creatives um honest conversations um really talking about bits where you when, where it's like you know how are you feeling um heard are you feeling seen okay let's talk about that so i think i think a lot of it comes yeah a lot of it comes down to relationship and, and communication and conversation and that's a really important comment there lucy because i think sometimes you know church leaders could be guilty to say i just want you to deliver this yeah. and give you a spreadsheet or a, you know a grid or some sort of and the relationship hasn't been built it's just a demand that's made which like you say can crush a creative soul rather totally. than here where are you coming from what are you sensing can we draw you into the program we're trying to create rather than just yeah. force it upon you yeah and any advice for church leaders how they interact with their worship teams i i think that very very much depends on the context that the church is in um you know every church is is different every church is in a different phase of growth even um so i think it a it really depends on on the context um but i would really advocate for you know the importance of a worship pastor as sort of kind of like a bridge between um say church leadership and the worship team on the ground who are sort of volunteering week week by week um just to kind of be a bit of a translator between maybe the kind of the sort of higher vision of the church and then the sort of creative thinking and the um 
you know the musical elements that go into putting a set list together and putting a um you know putting songs together and even just kind of growing as worshipers so i i do think um you know you would probably expect me to say that as a worship pastor but i do think that role is is a really key one um so yeah that would be my my <laughs> recommendation well i would love to talk to you more about that because i'm always thinking how do i get the best out of our creatives as a yeah. leader and how do i help them understand what i'm trying to achieve that we're not against each other we're yeah. we're for the church because sometimes that can i've yeah. known times has been misunderstanding between what's been yeah. trying to be achieved but as a creative yeah. as as a worship pastor you know lockdown in 2020 yeah. uh, the first lockdown you, you released a new album um, yeah. didn't you god's heart explodes was that already planned before lockdown happened or was that out of the sort of lockdown experience no that was all re that was all recorded um pre-2020 so we recorded it in the summer of 2019 and then i started to release it i think the first track actually came out the weekend we went into lockdown <laughs> which was you know a bit of a <laughs> just no one saw it coming you know yeah. um so yeah it was actually really I, I felt so grateful to kind of have this project um, already recorded. And then I, it's funny because even when we were in the recording process six months before or eight months before the pandemic hit, I really felt from the Lord, like hold this lightly and be prepared to be very agile with the sort of release strategy of this album. So when it came to it, it almost felt like I was prepared and it just through the whole release process, it meant I was just really prayerful of even like okay god what song what song is next like what is the song for this moment and i think it was really beautiful kind of getting comments back from people you know saying oh, i've just really needed to hear this song um so one of those songs for example goliath which is sort of a song of, of faith and it's you know um all it ever takes is a, is a single seed of faith big enough to bring down every giant. So it's it's really a song of like, gosh, we might not have much in our hands right now. We might not know what's going on, but faith is is the game changer. Um, and that sort of came down that came out, sorry, in the in the height of lockdown. And it just felt like a, a, a powerful song for that moment. So it's it's amazing, like, you know, how God just works, you know, through even those those hardest times and and yeah. It's like we just do what we can with what we've got um so yeah that was that was kind of the journey of releasing god's heart explodes and people can get hold of your album i'm assuming it's on spotify isn't it and an apple yeah. music and so forth and so yeah. please do yeah. get hold of those on other platforms are available i'm sure i won't <laughs> cover them all yeah uh, absolutely i mean was it a creative time for you you know lockdown and pandemic and being restricted was that was that a, a joy for you to find sort of creative outlet or was it challenging for you Oh gosh, no, it was a an absolute winter season that I thought was never gonna end. Like there were genuinely points during during the kind of darkest lockdown days where I was like, Lord, maybe, maybe that's it. Like maybe I've written all my songs mm. and I'll be okay with that. Like I'll just have to accept that and let that go. Um, I mean, I'll be disappointed because I thought there were more songs to write, but I just I just could not bring myself to write. Mm. It just felt like I, I think looking back on it, it's like we need seasons sometimes of complete winter where it's like the ground just has to rest and not, not be disturbed and you can't force yeah. um, you can't force the ground to yield fruit. You know, you just have to let it lie. And I think for me, that was that lockdown experience. And I just had to do a lot of internal processing and a lot of kind of, you know, very honest conversations with God 
Um, but, you know, coming out the other side, I think it's made for richer soil. And I think it's made for like a, a depth in me that I, I couldn't have got to had I not been through that winter season. So I guess it's like an encouragement. Um, and I, I did try and be really honest about that. Like, you know, I, I did quite a few of um, these kind of podcasts during the lockdown. And I did just try and be really honest and be like, look, if you feel like you can't write, don't worry. Like it will come back. And it, mm. it's it's so beautiful how it came back. Just, you know, January 2020 went through New Year's and it was honestly almost like this, the first green shoots just came, popped through the surface. And it's like, mm. you know, one day they're not there, the next day they're there and you can't predict it. And and then I just felt, you know, I think I should write a song today. And so that's where it just started back up again. And and then it's just been <laughs> like the taps fully turned on again and and I've been writing loads. So I guess I just mean, I just hope that whoever's listening to this podcast, maybe you feel stuck in a moment of like, oh, I've lost my mojo and I don't know if I'm ever going to get it back. I think just holding it with open hands before the Lord, being willing to actually lay it down properly and see what the Lord returns to you, um, because I really believe he will. Um, so yeah, I hope that encourages maybe someone yeah, listening. That That's really important to hear. Absolutely. I think sometimes we all have those moments, those dark nights of the soul, those yeah. fallow seasons, and just to hear there is hope, but just to kind of almost be, to be comforted yeah. <laughs> in the fact that you're not alone, others have gone before you, it will yeah. come through. Yeah. Um, but to be, I suppose, just lay it before God and just trust him. That's a great, great comment. Now we're heading into spring harvest coming up thick and fast. And one of the things yes. we said we do this podcast was talk about spring harvest. We met last year in a studio in Reading yeah. doing <laughs> spring harvest online. Um, 2020, we did spring harvest online with about a week's notice and it was probably yeah. random. And we just threw loads of videos together. And, uh, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago to Abby Guinness, who pulled all that together. Incredible. Yeah. Last so year, we tried to up our game a bit and we went to a studio and did it a bit yeah. more sort of professionally i suppose is that the right word yeah. and you were leading worship right which yeah. how was it leading worship online because i hear different stories from different worship leads how was it for you of leading people you can't see into a time of worship um i i mean it's definitely not my favorite thing to do but i do think it was essential and you know i i do still think people were you know people were able to connect with god and people were able to take their eyes off their circumstances and just you know put them on Jesus um so I guess I would call it a necessary evil um maybe evil's too strong but um you know I did a lot of leading worship down a camera lens um for my church pretty much every Sunday for about six months and then for various events and yeah I mean you, you sort of get used to it I think you sort of just have to like you know before I'd lead any set I would just be like okay well Lord I just pray that these songs will help somebody like somebody who's tuning in. I just, I just pray that these songs will help them. And I think you just got to let the Holy spirit do, do the rest almost. Um, because it is, I mean, it's, it is quite unnatural. It, you do feel quite disconnected from, you know, this sort of invisible audience. You don't know who's watching. Um, but yeah, you just have to pray and almost hope, hope for the best. <laughs> And did you have any funny moments? Because obviously, you know, we're all trying to do this online thing. I remember every church went online, all the yeah. ones I was connected to, all trying to work out how do you do, you know, you have musicians in different rooms in their homes, leading on yeah. Zoom, on YouTube, yeah. whatever the platform. Did you have some funny moments where things just didn't work as you'd hoped? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I may actually made a blooper reel of our first um, church live stream, <laughs> which is probably, <laughs> I don't know if it's still available on YouTube, but so many things went wrong. And, you know, the, the, um, the guy who was sort of like our live stream producer managed to sort of broadcast his face for a good few minutes as he tried to figure out how to get the camera off selfie mode. Um, we had one tripod, which was sort of a manual wind up tripod. And so our, our vicar and his wife were sort of sat on a sofa for the introduction. And then he stood up to do the sermon and, and we just saw a very slow pan from his belly button sort of up. <laughs> um, his kids were involved and they were sort of pushing each other over on camera. I mean, just, you know, it was, yeah. Do you know what though? I, I yeah. actually kind of miss because we've all got quite, I think we've got quite good at live streaming and it become becoming really slick and almost like a yeah. production. And I, in some ways we kind of look back and laugh and, and say we miss those early days where it was just very human, very yes. kind of, this is actually, actually family and this, there's no pretense yeah. here. So um, yeah, there were definitely and, some and we thought we were going to do it for a few weeks. So it's oh, kind of totally. funny because this is a novelty, but it will yeah. soon wear off and we back to normal. Yeah, Little did totally. we know um, that it, I, I remember we were almost two years ago, exactly when we did our first online church live stream. And we were all crowding this really small space. We turned our church offices in a week into a studio and we did yeah. this thing. And afterwards, a couple of guys who were on our worship band, they were both doctors. They said, we cannot do this again. This is far. This is before social distancing was a word. Right. Uh, you right. know, and so we were all like crammed, like shoulder to shoulder. And you look back at it now, it looks like wrong. Uh, but at the time, yeah. there were no rules about social distancing. Yeah. We just did it. <laughs> and we were quite relieved it actually worked. I mean, we'd never done our lives before. It's like a little cheer. Right. We went, you're clear. We went, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a sense of achievement. But Everyone's very tense the whole it time. Is, it is difficult. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, as a communicator trying to speak to a camera, thinking, are yeah. people listening? Yeah. Even more so as a worship, you're trying to lead people into intimate spaces of saying, you know, let's connect yeah. with God. And you're not sure people, I mean, you know, I, I found yeah. worshiping to a TV show yeah. much harder than being there in person. So many yeah, more distractions yeah. around me. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you do that? You know, how do you lead people when everyone is so different at different places, um, you know, in, in different styles of music people prefer or different sort of songs they'd rather sing? Yeah. Uh, it's such a challenging job that you do. How do you do that? Oh, gosh. So you mean just in normal times? Or in normal times, let alone yeah. online. In normal <laughs> times, just a room full of people of diverse age groups, backgrounds, uh, faith, yeah. stories. Yeah. And you're meant to somehow with a special chord, are meant to pull them all together yeah. into a time of you know, unified bliss of worship, yeah. which is what we're expecting yeah. of you at Spring Harvest this year. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um I guess, I guess what I'm always trying to do when I lead is create an atmosphere where people feel safe and where people feel like there is freedom to um, participate in a way that they, it, it feels natural to them. And, you know, that it, you're right, it's not an easy job. And also, I think it's also impossible to measure you know, we often feel like, oh, great, we, we created a complete unity in the room because it sounded like everyone was singing. But actually, the reality is there will always be one or one or however many people in the room who were absolutely not engaged or mm. where it didn't hit the mark. So I think firstly, from the get go, you have to take the pressure off 
being you know do, kind of expecting like right 100 of the people in this room must connect with god because everyone is on a journey yeah you don't know what that's doing for yeah. someone in the room so i think just firstly releasing yourself from that expectation and that pressure mm. but then i think it is your job as a worship leader to create safety and to create trust as well so to try and build trust um in the room and i think that's done in different ways so i think it's really important just to be just to be yourself up up on stage to be human mm. um you know if your language completely changes when you're up on stage versus when you're off stage you've got to wonder sort of why why is that um so i think just you know even just simple things like encouraging people or sharing like a testimony from your week or sharing yeah. just like something you've really loved um thinking about god that week and just doing it in very normal language um mm. you know just encouraging your brothers and sisters exhorting them to yeah. worship so i always love to kind of start it doesn't have to be me but maybe like the the leader of the service to start in prayer to start just like let's actually get our eyes off ourselves you know worship mm. is a moment to kind of interrupt our own lives to put our eyes on jesus so i think just you know starting in that place is so important to kind of get our focus right um and then sort of i guess like how how practical do you want to go but i guess just you know quick things would be you know song choice is really important so i'm always when i'm going into different contexts of worship i would normally have a conversation about okay what who who's going to be in the room what kind of church background are they from like if i know i'm going into more of a conservative um context then i'll probably do more hymns because there will be a connection those are the songs that people love to sing like we yeah. all have songs that feel native to us we all have yeah. songs that we're like oh my gosh this reminds me of the goodness of god this reminds me of my god so mm -hmm. i think it's really important to kind of connect with that and serve that and and um yeah and so into that so i guess yeah understanding the context that you're leading in um and then yeah i guess you're also up there as a you know, modeling what what worship looks like. So I think, um, yeah, just trying as much as as you can to to kind of be free on stage and to like really worship yourself because is it not worship yourself, worship God for yourself. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the more people can see you freely worshiping, I think that really encourages people to worship too. So yeah those would just be some some things but it's a it's a huge conversation um yeah. and yeah. especially events like spring harvest it gathers people from all over the spectrum of church styles of you yeah. know expectations and and spring harvest is an incredible historical event over 40 years in existence yeah. first time back together for a couple of years and that theme of restore renew rebuild the story mm. of nehemiah I mean, it's a great and timely oh, yeah. prophetic statement. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you going to bring some of that sort of that theme into your leading of worship into, you know, people from an rural Anglican churches, Methodists, Baptists, yeah. Charismatics, all in the room going, give me what I prefer, please, Lucy. <laughs> um, well, I mean, thankfully, restore, renew, rebuild is the work of the cross. You know, so it is the redeeming work of Jesus, you know, his redemption does restore things, it does renew things, it does rebuild things. So I guess that's always gonna that's always my plumb line for any worship set. Like we have to sing a lot about what Jesus has done for us on the cross because that is where our salvation, our freedom, our redemption flows from. So mm. 
I always love to sing a lot of songs that specifically talk about the cross and the work of Jesus. So I guess I'll I'll be doing that a lot at Spring Harvest. Um, but I think it's a I think it's a beautiful theme because it is about you know it's it's the now and not yet of our faith. You know we look to a to a day when you know everything will be restored everything will be fully renewed and, and yeah. rebuilt um so i think there's a sense of like also just looking to that future glory looking to that future hope um that that really helps us in the present because you know we know this is not the end we know that what's going on day to day is not the final word um so i think as well just i'll, I'll be hopefully you know singing a lot of songs about kind of right let's let's dream let's imagine let's let's look towards that yeah that future glory that is is ours as our inheritance mm. in jesus so yeah that's my plan i'm looking forward to it <laughs> looking forward to seeing you at spring harvest you can be there with jake isaac uh working on a, a project is in labeled i see it's labeled as us and him i, I yeah. assume that's not jake that's um you two <laughs> yeah. us and him yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, and the Lord. but what's that gonna is that is that deliberately like a more intimate space you're planning there um, yeah, so um, Jake's going to join, I think, for a couple of days um, at the end of the week. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so great worshipping with Jake. We are, we're very different. We have very different worship styles. And even that just, I think, creates a really beautiful tension and a beautiful kind of counterbalance. So Jake is like fire and, you know, power and energy. And he just brings so much um he brings so much to the worship space. I just absolutely have so much respect for Jake. Um, and yeah, I think us and him was sort of birthed from a bit of a dream to create um, intimate spaces in London. So all of the events we've had have been in London so far. And our sort of tagline was um, no hype, no social media, just us and him. So we encourage people to sort of turn their phones off or just put their phones away completely. Um, so that they weren't distracted by trying to film the night or trying to sort of share it on social media. Um, and actually just as a point of, you know, for maybe other people listening who are running worship events or whatever, I, I really encourage it because I think it creates a different dynamic in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just means people are much more present to the moment rather than trying to sort of capture the moment to look back on later. It's like, no, actually just be here. Like, don't worry about your phone. Um, yeah. So they've been some really, really beautiful nights um, that we've had. So we're excited to come and sort of bring that dynamic to Spring Harvest. Oh, I love that concept. I think that's just an important thing to hear these days to say, let's shut out the outside word for, world for a moment. Yeah. Let's turn off for that access point, which can beep and buzz at any time totally. and actually give our attention to God. Yeah. Lucy, thank you so much for all this. It's been inspirational. Yeah. Um, I've loved the, the gentle kind of just nudging and pointing us back towards Jesus as you speak, as I'm sure as you lead worship, you're doing the same in this conversation. Um, in this podcast, we often say that when leaders get better, everyone wins, that, that there's a there's a win for all those we're leading and serving. Yeah, um, is there any final piece of advice that you would give Christian worship leaders or church leaders or people who are leading organizations or charities or who, who are listening today and going, what's mm -hmm. the bit I could do to get better? Do you know, what? I don't I don't even know if I have advice. I feel more that I have just a massive well done. I think this has been such a hard season to lead in and to stay strong and to you know leaders 
you have people following you, you have people looking up to you and there is an enormous pressure to get it right and to stay strong and to, and to keep being there for other people and to sort of shoulder um, the responsibility. And so I guess I would wanna just say a massive well done um, and just, you know, a, a prayer that you would be kind of refueled and, um, you know, just your soul would be refueled for this next season um, because I think a lot of leaders I'm seeing are very tired from from this past season and I think God has I think God has a refreshing and a renewal that is going to be so sweet and that is going to prepare us for um the next season that we we're, we're going into so I'm really excited about spring harvest from that perspective as well because I think it it I think it could be a place that is just so honest and there is so much healing that's going to happen as we get away and we just earmark those days to just you know seek the lord and to and to hear what he's saying about you know the next phase so gosh i could go on about that for a while i feel so passionate about just you know <laughs> leaders just being seen and recognized for that because they do carry a lot in secret um and i think it's really important to acknowledge that this is beautiful thank you so much i i fully concur with that you know yes well yeah. done to Liz thank you Lucy for saying that rather than give us yeah. more things to think about just yeah. saying actually well done for getting this far and still standing yeah. Um, yeah. you're right and so so thank you so much Lucy for joining us thank you for leading by example and thank you for part of that conversation it's great to have you with us today thank you so much Sue. if you want to find out more about spring harvest then please go to springharvest.org but we're going to make sure all these details, along with this podcast, will be on our website, theleadershippodcast.uk. Finally, it just leaves me to say, once again, thank you so much for joining the Leadership Podcast today with me, Sim Dendy. It's great to serve you in this way. We hope it's helped you in your leadership because we know that when the leader gets better, everyone wins.